Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we're talking about everything that will happen in week 12 of the 2020 college football season. We are going to go into our five wide. We are going to go into our two point. We're going to talk about the Gator game as always, Tyler. But first, we begin with some quick hits. And we have quick hits this week, Tyler. And unfortunately, it is not a good quick hits. Uh, On Monday, we are recording on Wednesday, November 18th. And on Monday, November 16th, um, the USA Today published uh, an investigation that they launched into LSU, the university itself, and the way that they handle sexual assault allegations on campus. Now, it is definitely, it's, it's mentions, I think they said up to nine different allegations that have been made since 2016 when Ed Orgeron took over. Um, and then they do go out and give some examples about some non-athletes that also um, were accused in situations like that. So it seems like it's a problem at LSU as a whole and not just in the athletic department. Um, Tyler, this is so hard to do because it's like not a good thing. Um, I want to first off say, I want to preface everything we say with the word allegations is important here. Yes. Just to cover our bases. Yes. Putting that aside, mm-hmm. I do believe a lot in the where there's smoke, there's fire aspect. I, I also believe in that idea. And my big point that I'll just kind of cut to the chase with how I feel about this um, instead of like eventually finding it here mm-hmm. is that I think it's disgusting and revolting that the only reason Ed Orgeron's uh, will even get up close to being fired this year is because of the performance of his team and not what is detailed in this article. Yep. Uh, it is you, yeah. repulsive you. that um, – it's it's repulsive that you know I I just I'd love to believe and it's really optimistic side of me I'd love to believe that after Baylor and Penn State and Michigan State that we would have learned something by now, mm-hmm. and it should, we it, we shouldn't have had to learn any of those things but come on like and just this I'm I don't I'm not a huge fan of this these like public officials at universities having this idea of and it very much comes from a sports perspective and it's such a highly media fantasized um sport that we follow that we love but Mm -hmm. of this whole it's us against everyone else like that these programs are that's who they look out for and it's almost like they separate these students from the general body of, of human beings on their campus that these student athletes that they have to protect them when they do something wrong against um just anything and like i i'm i talk about this a lot with especially with my dad is that like when a college student especially student athlete does something like i do firmly believe having been in college not too long ago right. there's an element to every one of these stories that comes out where it's just like college kids do even good nice people college kids do stupid stuff yeah people do stupid stuff but you do stupid stuff when you're in college mm-hmm. and i don't think that always has to reflect on the coaching staff people that hired them like when a player at let's say florida uh does something stupid gets arrested that doesn't necessarily reflect on the coaches the people that are in place that group of people not ignoring that covering it up acting like it didn't happen that reflects on the coaches and the people in power and that's think, disgusting and i think it i think it you. well i think it you hit the nail on the head i you really said it much better than I could have. And Tyler, thank you for that because it's, it's definitely a culture thing. And I think it stems, I'm going to get really existential here, but I think it, I think it like extends to just American culture where in this country, there's a lot of me, me, me selfishness. There's a lot of, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the top. When, when you think about it, that kind of mentality here translated to football, let's say, you know, a coach, allegedly covering stuff up because their star running back is going to be taken out of games and it'll hurt the performance on the field. What you're doing there is you're willingly looking another way for a selfish reason, right? You're not doing the right thing in that situation. And we, as we were college students and now as just members of society, full, full adults with jobs and school and stuff as members of society, 
we hope that the people in power will make decisions based on the right thing to do. And if these allegations are to be true, which I am on the same page as you, Tyler, where there's smoke, there's fire, um, then that's not only disheartening, but it's, it's, it's just wrong, you know? And I like to believe that humans have a good side to them. And unfortunately, like you said, if Ed Orgeron was to be fired this year, it will more than likely be because of the play on the field and not because of this in-depth investigation that the USA Today has made over the past few years. So um, I think we said everything to say about that. Um, it's disgusting. It's horrible. I highly recommend that if you have not read the piece, go in peace. All you got to do is Google LSU USA Today and it'll be the first thing that pops up. It is a longer read. It took me about 35, 40 minutes to read, um, but it is worth reading it in every sense of the word. Um, and yeah, so we're going to go ahead and move on from that. Tyler, let's talk about some of the football on the field taking place this year and not stuff that happened in the past. Um, before we go into talking about the Gator game, Tyler, there are 12 games that are either postponed or canceled this week due to the coronavirus, uh, including teams like AM, Texas A&M, including teams like Miami, including teams like Marshall, including teams like Louisiana, all of which are ranked. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think at this point, everyone just kind of wants the season to be completed and if that means that we're going to end up canceling some games then so be it you know what i mean well we got to remember um as college football people that are like watching this is right we weren't even really supposed to get this like season right so i mean we got to take what we can get basically exactly it's it's definitely a um we'll take what we can get great way to put it tyler um yeah and i'm all for the i just we're here for the safety of these athletes. So, oh yeah, everything we say is under the caveat of this is first and foremost, we want the safety of the student athletes for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, Tyler, let's talk about the Gator game this week. The number six ranked Florida Gators are taking on Vanderbilt. It is, uh, it's a noon kickoff on ESPN. And I just, I just want to say, first of all, I want to say there were too many people in the swamp last week. Second of all, I feel bad for those people in the swamp because it's a noon game. <laughs> well, this this game's at Vanderbilt. So. It's at Vanderbilt. I feel bad for the people in Vanderbilt because it's a noon game. <laughs> There's not going to be anyone there. What are you talking about? That's true. And honestly, that's for the better this time because, you know, we don't want as many people in the stadium. Uh, Tyler, do we have to talk much about this game? No, not really. It's, um, I don't even want to, this isn't really a trap game. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I'm looking for is uh, what are some different things the defense does? Um, how, does the defense show up for this game where they know their offense can win them the game, no matter pretty much how bad they play? Right. Like that sounds like an arrogant thing to say, but it is the truth. Um, what? Yeah. How is the defense going to show up in this game um, when they don't really need to? They should, but how will they? Uh, and for the offense, just I mean, don't get complacent. I don't, I don't, I mean, that's, that's it. Like, I like, I like those young players that Vanderbilt has, especially their quarterback, Ken Seals, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not, they don't have the firepower to match Florida. So. I think, I think this Vanderbilt offense is going to come out swinging because of the good performance they had last week. Um, but like you said, that does not mean that I'm necessarily worried about a freshman quarterback, a true freshman quarterback going up against a playoff contender. You know what I mean? Even though our defense is not at that level. The question for Florida is not if they win or lose this game. Cause I'm, I mean, anything can happen on any given Saturday, but mm-hmm. they're going to win this game. The question is how do they look doing it? Right. And specifically, and how does the really defense good. look? They've looked really good lately. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to see that coming. I mean, like the sky's not going to fall. If you come down to earth and don't play as well against Vandy in a noon game mm-hmm. in Nashville, um yeah it's not the end so, of the world but it, but it definitely but, would but like it's for inc- it would be to encouraging be, to see to see that effort and uh exactly it's still displayed so. exactly we would like to see those uh, output my other thing i want to see tyler um let's just keep pushing the kyle trask heisman campaign that's all i want to see on offense agreed give give uh have kyle trask agreed. throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns in the first half and then have him take a seat that's fine i'm good with that you know yeah, i don't really need much else 
Don't really need much else. All right, Tyler, let's head into five wide and two points, and let's hope that these five games end up being played this week. Um, we, <laughs> yeah, for real. The score to date, Tyler has 38 points. I have 36. I'm only two games back. Tyler, you are going to go first this week, and we will kick things off with the de facto Big Ten East championship game. The number nine ranked Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, I'm you still, guessed it, Indiana. I'm still shocked that I, that that's like a phrase and it's not basketball. The number nine ranked Indiana Hoosiers are taking on the number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. It is a noon kickoff on Fox. Fox's big noon kickoff pregame show that rivals game day on ESPN will be on location from the big house. Um, Tyler, who do you got in this game? Um, so I'm going to take Ohio State. What? I know, crazy, right? No, I mean, you what? <laughs> all right, Justin Fields gonna hear all this Caltrask guys me talk and be like, "Oh, don't I get see. me started! <laughs> don't get me started, Tyler! Don't get um, me started!" Anyway, uh, but I do. I will say that Indiana, the way Indiana wins on offense is with their wide receivers. Correct. Um, not necessarily having the greatest speed in the world, but their wide receivers are really good route runners. Um, they have passed Eddie Scream. Mike Pennis Jr. is playing at a relatively good level for him being a true sophomore. And they can they can win downfield. They win downfield. That is that will work against Ohio State, I think, this mm-hmm. year. Um it's this isn't one of those games where like when I say that when I'm about to say that Indiana's gonna put up points, this isn't one of those games where I'm like, Ohio State goes up fourteen to seven and Indiana's just clawing back, but they can never overcome a two-touchdown deficit. They can only, like, they gave up one touchdown too many. No, it's not going to be, like, one of those games. I think Ohio State's going to pretty clearly win this, but uh-huh. Indiana is going to fight, and they're going to be able to score points, in my opinion. I think I'm going to also take Ohio State because, you know, we we have we have rational minds on this pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you were to allegedly take a look oh at the napkin this coming Saturday morning— mm-hmm. On our sideline judgment blog, I would say that that Indiana plus 20 and a half points is looking nice because they're getting 20 and a half points, Tyler. I think Mm. Vegas is a little out either. It's either Vegas is a little out there or Vegas knows something we don't. And I'm going to go ahead and lean on the Vegas is a little out there because I do like Michael Penix. Ohio State is coming back from a COVID break. So they're not, not only are they coming back from a COVID break, but we talk about it all the time where Ohio State is susceptible to running quarterbacks. And while Michael Penix Jr. isn't necessarily a dual threat, we have seen him be able to extend plays with his legs. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that he is a running quarterback. He definitely is more of a pocket type guy with a good arm, but I think he can, when needed, extend plays. So I think Keep an eye out for that. You are 100% correct. Indiana likes to beat their beat teams by throwing deep routes, using their wide receivers, using first-team all-name wide receiver Ty Freifogel, just starting wide receiver in the all-name team. They got Ty Freifogel. They got Watt Fillier. They got Peyton Hendershoot. They have Rayshon Williams. Come on, man. They got names on the squad. This is a fantastic name roster. Um, but I do like what they're going to be able to do. I think they'll be able to keep it close. I think they'll keep it within three scores. Um, but I expect a 10, 14 point decisive victory by Ohio state because fields is too good. The defense is playing well. Last week we talked about how the way to beat Indiana or on the last episode, we talked about how the way to beat Indiana is to rush the quarterback. And I feel like in Ohio state is just constantly producing high level talent yeah, the if there is position. one thing that they can do <laughs> the bosa brothers chase young you name them just keep going down the line so i think ohio state will win by 10 to 14 points 17 is going to be making me a little bit nervous allegedly with that indiana plus 20 and a half so we'll see how that goes tyler the next game on the slate for us is a sunbelt showdown yeah you heard it right between the alabama of the sun i'm sorry were the Clemson or the Alabama? The the Clemson. The Alabama. App State was the Alabama. I thought Louisiana was the Alabama. No, Louisiana was the Oklahoma in that in that. This was okay. So Louisiana would be the Clemson because uh-huh. when when we came up with this thing, it was the App State Louisiana game where I said it's going to be like that Alabama Oklahoma uh, Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. where it's just the way the teams are structured and what the you know the game was like. Right, and I actually think that Louisiana would be considered the Clemson because they've been on the come up, and Billy Napier coached at Clemson. Got it, got um, it, got it, got it. That's but, what it was. I mean, 
App State is the Alabama of the Sun Belt. They've That's got what I'm saying. History, like, and they produce and they produce the big boys too mm-hmm. up on the line. So App State, the Alabama of the Sun Belt, taking on Coastal Carolina. Which Tyler, I am now officially declare, declaring on this podcast, Coastal Carolina, you are now the 2019 LSU of the Sun Belt. <laughs> Welcome, specifically the 2019 LSU. Specifically, just them. They are a team that likes to score. They are a team that likes to put it to their opponents. And they are a team that has not been able to be contained this season. Therefore, the 2020 Coastal Carolina Chanticleers are deemed the 2019 LSU of the Sun Belt. And with that being said, Tyler, these two teams are being matched up. They're playing at noon on ESPN2. Definitely a nice little side screen game for when you're watching the Gator game. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking oh, yeah. I'm thinking Gator game on the TV. I'm going to be home, by the way, on Saturday. I'm going to watch college football with my stepdad and my brother and my mom's nice. gonna be great so i'm thinking gator game on the tv i'm thinking two screens split screen on the laptop one will be indiana ohio state one will be this matchup here tyler personally i'm gonna go with the coastal carolina chanticleers um mm-hmm. because i do like what i've seen out of this offense they have shut out two of their opponents this season they have been putting up points i think they've scored over 50 points in two of their games this year which granted you know it's a weird year and they are a dominant team in their conference and the drop-off for app state it's not that they're not a good team anymore it's it's very much like alabama last year where they're a good football team they're just missing probably a couple of pieces and how a bat a down season for alabama was demolishing michigan and winning 11 games and winning a high-profile bowl game that was not in the New Year's yeah, Six. Yeah, two losses. That was a down season for Alabama. Exactly. I feel like this is, quote-unquote, down season for App State in this year. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. All right. Do you want to know who App State's one losses to this season? Uh, don't tell me. I believe... No, they haven't played Louisiana yet. No. Nope. Tell me. Yeah, who? Marshall. That's right. Another top-ranked, another ranked group of five team. team. FC is currently undefeated in every other game and undefeated in the conference. And I say at you, how dare you shun history? Oh, Coastal Carolina is. Uh, I don't want to. I'm not even like joking when I say this. Like uh, they are a legitimately great group of five team. Like I love their scheme on offense, the way they yeah. get running backs vertical in the passing game. I like their coach. They are 2019 LSU. I'm telling you. I know. Yeah, you're right. We crunched uh, the tape. So, I'm, I'm going to go with App State. You know what, Tyler? I'm going to go with history. Well done. Look at you. I'm proud. You want to know why? Because this is my window of opportunity. <laughs> I'm down two. I wanted you to pick. I, I was hoping you'd pick Indiana, but I knew that wouldn't happen. But Come on. <laughs> this is a game that I am very happy that you picked. And I think it can go ahead and blend into the next game, which is the number 10-ranked Wisconsin Badgers, Badgers taking on the number 19th-ranked Northwestern Wildcats. It's a 3.30 kick. It's on ABC. Battle it's, for the Big Ten West. It's the battle for the Big Ten West. This is a big oh, day. Boy. This is a big day for the Big Ten. Big day for the Big Ten. By the, by the time we get to the 7.30 kick for our game that we'll talk about in a bit, we will know essentially who will play in the Big Ten championship game. Tyler, mm-hmm. you pick first. Do you have Wisconsin or do you have Northwestern? Both of these teams are undefeated. This is tougher than you think. It, you know, on yeah, first look, you're like, okay, Wisconsin, obviously. And then, and then you're like, well, wait, well, Northwestern has been playing really well. Um, they're still playing Northwestern football, just a little bit more of an updated flair in Northwestern football. Mm-hmm. But... I'm going to go with Wisconsin and Graham Mertz because they've got okay. more talent, better running game, uh, better. I just think better offense and uh-huh. just more talent. And I think great. They won a game. They played two games. One mm-hmm. where Graham Mertz did everything they could have wanted was yeah. looking like, and you know, hold, hold the snarls when I say this was looking like Russell Wilson in that Wisconsin uniform. You, you listen, I know that's a little bit blasphemous to some people, but you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. And then they won a game where he didn't really – he wasn't the reason that they won. Mm-hmm. They won a game against Michigan that he played fine. He didn't play – he didn't do anything wrong. It's just that they didn't need him to win. Uh-huh. Um, they won with their defense. They won with their running game. They've won in both ways. I think they can pick up another one. So okay. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Tyler, I respect that. I respect you taking the Wisconsin Badgers. But. Oh. Oh. Need I remind you. Tyler, 
Please. That Northwestern employs the 2020 Coordinator of the Year, Mike Bajikian. Bajikian? I I, I I don't know his name. No, I know. I think I said it right. Mike Bajikian. We're going to go with that. Mike Bajikian, who is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Northwestern Wildcats. Pat Fitzgerald brought him in specifically to overhaul this offense. And Tyler... Boy, has he overhauled this offense. They're not a flashy offense. They're not an offense that's going to hang 45 points on their opponents. They're an offense that's going to score 28 points. They're going to control time of possession. They're going to drive down the field, and they're going to hit you in the face. This is a game that is this – is, this game right here will be the most Big Ten game of the year because it's going to go up against two teams that like to not only run the ball, they like to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage, but they're going to want to control time of possession. And yep. I think that with the way that Northwestern is playing on offense and the way that Pat Fitzgerald has that defense clicking, they're a fantastic defense that they're being underrated. I know that the schedule that they played hasn't been too much, yeah. but Northwestern seems like a team that plays to the level of their competition. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Northwestern wins this football game. Oh, okay. I do. I, I'm going to, I'm going to no, try. I, I like it. Cause I could see it happening. I could see it happening. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go for it. I I really am. I think with these are this some big games, with, like all three of these games have some big implications. Very so big implications, and the next two games have also big implications. I think by the time we get to the evening kickoff, I will have tied you in this matchup. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Whatever. Moving on to the I, fourth. I, I, game. I like the comp. I like the confidence. <laughs> I like the confidence. You know. Moving on to the fourth game of the week. Uh, we have the number seventh ranked Cincinnati Bearcats taking on the UCF Knights. It's a three thirty kick on ESPN. This will be my. That's second right. Screen. We're talking about UCF again. We're talking about UCF again. They're just so exciting. You know, we have to talk about them. Um, Tyler, this is a big game because this is one of the toughest games that Cincinnati had on their. This is definitely the game they circled at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, UCF has kind of hasn't delivered. In terms of the results, to this should be a in top. terms of the record, I would say right. But this should they are be a, still playing at a high level. Agreed, and and this should be a top fifteen matchup. You know, this should yeah. have a lot more uh, publicity, and I'm sure that the American would wanted this to be this kind of high profile matchup. It's still going to be a good matchup. You have a very good Cincinnati defense going up against one of the most efficient offenses in the country uh, in UCF. Dylan Gabriel is throwing that ball like nobody's business. It's very much like a Florida offense where they can score at will. Um, Tyler, I go first with this one. As much as I not only have an emotional attachment to someone with an emotional attachment to UCF, um, I'm going to have to use my brain here. I'm going to have to go with Cincinnati. Because, Tyler, I don't know if you know this. Luke Fickle's a pretty good coach. That's true. And that defense is playing fantastic. And the offense can definitely put some points on the board if they want to. No, I feel I feel like there's going to be a situation where they're not going to contain UCF in terms of they're going to stop them from scoring 45 points a game. No, no, no. But if they can hold them to 35, they can hold them to 38. And if they can keep up the pace and Ritter can keep scoring like I think that they can against a pretty bad UCF defense, then I think at that point, the better coach is going to prevail if it comes down close. We look at, and we know who that is. <laughs> we definitely know who that is. But we look look back at the UCF Memphis game, right? UCF oh, yeah. controlled that game most of the game, right, throughout the entire course of it. And then in the fourth quarter, UCF kind of took their foot off the gas offensively. the The Memphis defense stepped up, made some stops, and the UCF offense kind of dried up a couple times. And boom, all of a sudden they lose the game. You know. Yeah, I can see something like that happening. I won't be mad if UCF wins the game because the person that I have an emotional attachment that has an emotional attachment to UCF will be happy, and that's always good for me and my and, and stuff. So I hope that since UCF can pull the upset off, but if I'm going with my brain, I like Luke Fickle yeah. in a big game. You know, Luke Fickle's going to be in Orlando. Oh, in that he's going to pull out all the stops for this game. You know, you, you, they they know it's, it's. They have to win this game. They have to win this football game, and if they, they have, have any to win chance, this game, even though Tulsa is technically the more important team for them to beat, they have to win this game. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Mentally, I think this is a bigger yeah. bigger game than Tulsa. So, well, Tyler, what about you? Well, you know, in my long period of time on this podcast, oh boy, oh, boy. I have I have been called. 
I haven't been called, but I know it's been said about me. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that I'm a UCF hater, which is what? not true. Which is not true. I'm not. I am a Nobody UCF. Nobody said I, that I about. I am very you. critical of UCF. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate them. Let me let me say this. Let me go ahead and defend my best friend and my podcast partner. I think Tyler that you have been justified in your rational takes on UCF because their defense has not been good. Since we've started this podcast, yeah. they've had transcendent offensive play. Yeah, which I've admitted to. So which I'm not... you have admitted to. Yeah. So I don't think you were too far off. Maybe were you wrong on a couple picks? Yes, but Absolutely. that's okay. We're all wrong. Um, we're all wrong. Continue, my good friend. I was trying to defend but, you there. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I've been, I know that I may have a reputation as a UCF hater. Um, but you know what? Yeah, I'm going to stick with it for one more week. I'm going to take Cincinnati. Um, I'm going to assume but... you just agree with everything I said about Luke Fickle. <laughs> no, I, I yes. Um, I think the matchup, so the matchup to watch if you're trying to find like the best players and who might play on Sundays, it's going to be Cincinnati's excellent defense going against UCF's high-flying offense. Yep. But the, the matchup, I think that like you already kind of stated, the matchup that's going to control the game is UCF's defense up against Cincinnati's offense. Agreed. Cincinnati's offense last year was okay, but now it's good. Right. It definitely and took a step up. Like, in a battle of who's better, we're not really – we think Cincinnati's defense is better than UCF's offense, but Cincinnati's defense hasn't quite faced a test quite like it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a holding pattern. We're trying to see who's better. We know – I know Cincinnati's offense can have their way with UCF's defense. So yeah. I think that's what controls the game. Um, so I think that Cincinnati will also win. Yep. Look at that. Rational takes. Rational takes. No, no emotions involved. Look at us. Look at us. Um, a game that will definitely have emotions involved is our final game in five wide. And that is the number 14 ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys taking on the number 18th ranked Oklahoma Sooners. Tyler, what do we call this game? This game is called Bedlam, baby. Bedlam, baby. It's a 730 kick. It's on ABC. It's the it's the Herbie Fowler game of the week, like I like to mention every week. Um, Tyler, you have the first pick in this game. Take it away. Who do you have in Bedlam? It is in Norman. Let me remind you. It's it in, is Norman. in Norman. It yes. is in Norman. Um, in Bedlam, it is so called because it's crazy and anything can happen except Oklahoma State winning. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma State, <laughs> as great as this as this rivalry is and their hatred for each other is, Oklahoma State like never wins this game. I they know. just never do. It's a shame. And this it's looked not, like the but it this is. looked like the year it could have happened. And I do think Oklahoma State for a large period of the year, at least was built as a better team. But the problem is they're playing, they've, they aren't playing their best football right now. And Oklahoma is starting to play their best football. Mm-hmm. Now, neither of these teams played last week. I'm pretty sure. So they were both uh, off. Yes, they are both off. So we're not really sure. What we're going to see. I'm going to take Oklahoma Tyler. And I'm, I'm not gonna feel bad about it. This paves the way for Iowa state to get to the, uh, this does. I was going to say this helps you. This helps your Iowa state take that they're Damn going right. to, to make the the Big Twelve championship game, Tyler. Um, how do I how do I put this? Um, boomer. You know what? Just for you, sooner. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm also going with Oklahoma, and not just because I have an emotional attachment, but because, like you said, I think Oklahoma is peaking at the right time. I think Oklahoma State is kind of on a little bit of a decline in terms of their play on the field. Um. I feel more comfortable with Oklahoma kind of asserting their whole big brother um, intimidation tactic. And I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be something that uh, is this going to be a game where Spencer Rattler kind of silences any remaining critics, even though I think he's done that already because yeah, slow start to the season. It's not his fault that a lot of people overrated Oklahoma for what they were with a yeah. first time starting redshirt freshman quarterback. It's not their yeah. not his fault. He is coming along at the proper pace. He is coming along and making things being effective. And I think that this is going to be his first big moment, right? Because um yes, he won uh the Texas game, but that was more of a whoa! Look at this quadruple overtime wild game with defenses yeah. and miss kicks and blah 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 blah. This we, is gonna we were be... going to write great stories about whoever won that game. Exactly, got to that point. It, it wouldn't matter if he threw the winning touchdown pass or Sam Ellinger did. Um, wasn't wasn't going to matter there. So 
I think this is going to be that first stamp of, wow, okay, we got this. This is the guy. He won a big rivalry yeah. game. It's gonna next be good. season's Heisman Trophy winner. Exactly. Yeah, the Heisman chatter for next year is going to talk, but not this year because Kyle Trask is the Heisman Trophy winner this year. Yeah, to say it. So we're both to going with Oklahoma. Tyler, it is time for my favorite part of the week where we oh pick boy. our two-point game. And Tyler, let me tell you, this is a rich two-point week. There's a lot of good games this week. There are a lot, of, a good lot games of good this games week. this week. There is. Um, oh, I'm struggling. Let me let oh. me give you let me give you some, Tyler. On Friday night, you have a just just a lovely, just just wild, ugly Big Ten game in Purdue, Minnesota. It's oh, just gonna be just so bad. It's gonna be such a bad game. I love it. Um, tomorrow night on Thursday or today, when you hear this, listeners. Tulane is taking on Tulsa. Yeah, that's a big 730 one. 7.30 on ESPN. That looks like the a tulls, fun game. The TULs. The TULs, the best uniforms in college football going up against, you know, really good Tulsa team that's overperformed <laughs> this year. <laughs> I was trying to be nice about You're it. trying <laughs> to find something to say. I was really trying to find something. <laughs> and you just defaulted to an actual compliment, like an actual football-related analysis compliment. Look, they're really you know, good. Like, it'd be like that. Uh, you, you have the um, I'm trying not to be irrelevant bowl in the Big tw- in the Big Ten with Illinois going up against Nebraska. That's going to be a fun one. Um, you have a fun game of Georgia Southern and Army, a clash of just Ooh, yeah. interesting Option, offenses. Um, you have a bunch of bunch of games, but I'm not going to talk about all the games, so you can talk about a few of them, Tyler. What I am going to do is I'm going to eat some of that crow. I'm going to eat some of that crow, Tyler. You want to know why? Oh, 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 pray tell. Earlier this year, I, Sergio, I decided to make fun of you for picking a certain school to win during five wide. And I think my redemption here is that I'm going to choose that school here on two point. That's right, Tyler. I am choosing the Arkansas Razorbacks. To beat the LSU Tigers, it is a noon kickoff on SEC Network. I wanted this one. I know you wanted this one, and I think that this is the moment when I can say I apologize for uh, your Arkansas pick, making fun of it earlier this year. I don't regret it because Arkansas lost that game against A&M, and I got the points. Um, Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do that because this LSU team, I don't know but I don't know if you've been watching this season, Tyler, but they're they pretty bad. They're pretty yeah, bad. They're uh, and this Arkansas team is re- – uh, this Arkansas team has improved dramatically, and I really like them. Uh, and I think that they're going to win this football game at home. Sam Pittman is going to be back coaching. Oh, yeah, that's big. Felipe Franks said, um, you know, got a little hug and, and was able to – Kind of get closure with the Florida team, I think. Which, can we talk about that for a second? Because my heart, my heart. Dan Mullen, uh, Dan Mullen hugged him, and he just there were so many words like "love you, coach" and "love you, Felipe." So many times were being said. Um, it was wonderful. It was a great moment, and and Mullen was great. Mullen was like, "Hey, look, you're always a Gator. We love you. You play for us here." Blah blah blah. He talked about him in the press conference afterwards, saying, "You know, he can we can we for a second shout out Felipe Franks for beating?" Yeah. Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida State while he was at Florida, and winning uh, a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, he did. He, he, no, didn't, he didn't. Be, didn't he beat Georgia at the beginning we of his lost career? For him, we've lost for three years. And the last time we – before this year, the last time we beat Georgia was the Luke Del Rio game. Oh. All right, we didn't beat Georgia, but I don't blame him for that because we weren't that good back then. But the point is, he beat he beat FSU. Well, he was he a part of a team. Mm-hmm. He is responsible for turning around now two different programs. 100% agree. With his leadership, yeah, a lot of a lot of talk about how oh the character's not there. I disagree. The evidence shows you that the character is there. His teammates love him both Agreed. at Florida and at Arkansas. Some some respect, some justice for Felipe. I hope he stays an extra year at Arkansas just to kind of continue that. Make and, his and I think I think a thing that you've got going on in this game too that you've got is that because of Felipe and and for large part for uh, Sam Pittman, Sam, but because yeah. of Felipe Franks, and this is a, you can't. Uh, overstate how much that consistency at quarterback is because of Felipe Franks you know what Arkansas is even though they're not like great they're just kind of like average which is good they're a complete team they are they're a solid as in solid together team 100% not that you're 100% right and just last thing on here before we go to your two point last year the spread of this game was LSU minus 43 points 
This year, it's Arkansas minus one. That is a 42-point swing from one year to another. And that's the largest swing from one year to another in NBA. In uh, NBA, sorry, I have draft coverage on in the background in college football, in the <laughs> SEC history. So, pretty big deal, huh? Pretty big deal for Sam Pittman and Felipe Felipe Franks. Give me Arkansas over LSU. Uh, that's my two point pick, Tyler. What is yours? Okay, well, um, now that that's taken, <laughs> I definitely wanted that. That was number one on my board. Love I you, brother. Here. Love you, love but, you. But uh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We got some good games uh, elsewhere that you failed to mention. Uh, Virginia Tech at Pitt. Um, I'm interested to see what uh, South Carolina is like when they play Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, now that Coach – we didn't even talk about that. Will Muschamp Oh, my gosh. We didn't talk about Will Muschamp being fired. Well, let's uh, talk about it right now. Let's talk about it right okay. now. Okay. I'm not – this is not the game I'm picking, but let's just talk about it for a second. Let's talk about it now. Let, let's, let's talk about how I was an oracle, and four hours before it happened, I, I said to you, hey, hoodie's up, third eye activated. Will Muschamp just lost his job. And, you know, I, I, I agree that he was going to lose it this season, but the, the specificity, the precision yeah. of it being that game and that performance. Well done, Sergio. Well Thank done. Thank you. I mean, I knew I knew that game was going to be the nail in the coffin, but just like you, I thought that they would give him till the end of the season. Yeah. Well, I think it at South Carolina, eh, well, I think you had to make this move. I don't think it was the right decision to hire Will Muschamp in the first place. In the sense of like, in in the sense of, you hire Will Muschamp to, and if he's just get if he is what he has been, it's not going to work out. So what was it? I think that's a weird way to put it, but no, I, but I understand it. I I think it was the right decision. I think the mistake was in the mentality in Columbia, because they were coming off of Spurrier, right? Yeah. And then they go ahead and they hire Muschamp. And I think the mistake was in overthinking what Muschamp gives you. Muschamp, I think, is at the level where he can be a really good lower-level Power 5 coach or he can dominate at the Group of 5 level. Now, we've never seen him at the Group of 5 level, but I think that could be something that we could see, and that would be really fun. I would love for him to take over a program like... uh, I would love for him to take over. He could have taken over like a USF and made them really made them pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think he could have taken over something like um, I don't know, so a a good Group of Five program. I think that could have made some noise, but they expected that Spurrier level of success, and that's the problem. Where if you're gonna hire Muschamp, you better know what you're gonna what you what the max is gonna yeah, be. And Spurrier has been the historical outlier at South Carolina. Exactly. Which- I'm I saw, not saying that that can't become the thing because what Clemson is now is an outlier to what Clemson's always been. But so, so like you're in and you're in the same area. So like theoretically, yes, you could be better, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Well, expectations I think, is something you gotta, you gotta won't worry about. I, I agree. And I think I saw a tweet today by Bomani Jones where someone tweeted him and said, well, I mean, Spurrier showed that you can win at South Carolina. You know, we had four straight 10 win seasons you know, big success, whatever. And Bomani Jones responded. He said, no, 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 no. Spurrier showed that he could win at South Carolina. And it definitely coincided with a Jadavian Clowney era and a Spiller era and that kind of stuff. And those players that, you know, can made a big impact and were generational talents for that university. And he's also one of the greatest coaches that has ever coached the sport. He's one of the greatest coaches ever, right? Like, that's the thing where they call him the head ball coach for a reason. So yeah. it's not necessarily that Spurrier showed that anyone can win at South Carolina. No, no, no. Spurrier showed that he can win yeah. at a place like South Carolina. It's like Mullen, right? Mullen showed that he can win at a place like Mississippi State. It's not that Mississippi State is no. a place where anyone Mississippi can win. Mississippi State is not suddenly a better – I mean, it was a better job when it was open. Mm-hmm. It's not suddenly a better historical program because – and it, it does prove that someone can, but it proves that Dan Mullen can. It, 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 you need an elite-level coach and – Muschamp showed with his opportunity at Florida that he's not an elite level coach, you know, yeah. and that's okay. So I hope and the I hope the best for him though. I will say though that like just to also go back and defend South Carolina, like I'm not going to defend them. I mean, sorry, I'm not gonna. I'm going to defend them. Sorry. Mm-hmm. If if they made this hire because they thought they should be better, I'm I'm never going to tell a program that they're wrong for thinking that they should be better. Right. Even if it's Kansas, even mm-hmm. like. If Kansas is like, you know what, we should be better than this. 
do it. Like, I, yeah. what? I'm not going to sit here and tell people like, no, you should be, you should be happy with what with the media with mediocrity or just being bad. Mm-hmm. Histor- history can says that that's going to continue to happen, but that doesn't mean you have to be idle and be happy about it. I, so I'm interested I, to see who they hire. Me too. And, and I admire programs that go out of their way to say, hey, you know what? We should be better. I admire the 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 ambition. Yeah. But I'm with you. I'm very curious to see who they hire. Um, jokingly, last week, I said they should look at the Wake Forest head coach. Um, I, I'm not joking about it, though. It, well, like, I said it jokingly. Then you kind of convinced me that that was a good idea. Definitely the first name on people's will lips. Will they? Definitely not. But like, no. Well, the first name off of people's lips is going to be Hugh Freeze. Um, I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast. Great podcast. Everyone should subscribe, listen. Um, and they were saying that there might be some kind of uh, magic in terms of, like, there may be a silent probation on Hugh Freeze right now and that Greg Sankey kind of has to sign off on anything where he would be I able would to imagine, come to the uh, SEC. Firestorm of stuff that happened last time. Yeah, he didn't He didn't leave Ole Miss in the best of fashions. Let's just put it that way. So He didn't leave the conference in the best of fashions. Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely um, an option. It's the first one off people's lips. Um I think they should maybe look – they need to look at someone who can harness the recruiting power of the Carolinas and Georgia and Tennessee and Kentucky in that area and the Virginias and be able to bring that local regional talent. They should do – they should draw a wall around Georgia and the Carolinas and say we are going to own this area. We are going to challenge Clemson for the best players and Georgia for the best players in here. And if you can land a couple of them – then you can use that energy, hire the right coordinators, get the right thing going to go on a run, and maybe they can start to make some noise. How realistic that is, I don't know, but that's something they should think well, about. There's a there's a um, coach at Coast Carolina who might know a thing or two about that. Anyway, oh, oh, um, ooh, that one's a long shot because he's had one good year. Exactly. Um, well, we saw who did we see get an SEC job after one good year at App State. I'm, yeah, it's Eli Drinkowitz. So mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I I do personally love coaching higher season the same way I love the draft, where it's just like the excitement of what could happen. The is speculation crazy. is just so much fun. It's it's fun. I mean, Sergio can attest when I play NCAA fourteen dynasty mode and we get the coaching carousel. I'll sit. I straight up sit there. And I will text him updates as I go pick, coaching hire by coaching hire. I can't through, confirm like, who like lands where because it is actually interesting to me how the game is just like oh, and actually Jeff Jeff Collins got hired at Georgia Tech weirdly in the game like <laughs> like they knew what was going on like they knew what was happening. Um, I can confirm I've done the same thing to Tyler as well. We we do love that that kind of speculation aspect yeah, about it. We are nerds. Um. Anyway, my two point. Com- uh, back to the thing. back to the schedule what's on the rundown um okay well you took the game i wanted that's okay because respect to you um it was my week man i'm gonna go to my boys mm-hmm. my fellow uh purdiers ah. like a rock star i'm gonna take the iowa state cyclones mm. to beat the kansas state wildcats to take I believe this would put them at number one in the Big 12. I believe if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, this would put them number one in the Big 12, and it would put Oklahoma at two, which is kind of how we want it to stay, right? Like, I think that would be a fun matchup. If that would be fun, that would be because Iowa State beat Oklahoma, so it's it would just be fun. I I don't like a a rematch of Bedlam would be cool, but. but. I would again feel like I know how that game is well, going to play out. Like, not only do we know how the game is going to play out, but that would also require Oklahoma. In order for a rematch of Bedlam, times. Oklahoma would have to beat Oklahoma State. Kansas State would have to beat Iowa State, and I think there'd have to Iowa be State like another loss. Again. Yeah, Iowa State would have to get to three conference losses. They only have one. It would be tough. But it would be tough. So I'm going to take my boys, my purtiers, like, and we're going to purty like a Brock star, and. Uh, October may be over, but I love it. Uh, I, th- I feel it like it's th- over in my heart. This week, this week is just a big week for Wildcats that wear purple for me. So uh, we got <laughs> you're we, real hard for Kansas rooting, State this week. Kansas State, Northwestern, those are my people this week. <laughs> I love those oh, teams. Boy. 
Um, oh boy, and and other purple cats, you're like, nah, not no, unless you. No, no, no. <laughs> just, just no, no, I don't need those. I don't need tigers. I got wildcats. Why do I need tigers? I got wildcats. Um, okay. Tyler, let's wrap the episode up with tweets that we've shared. What is your favorite tweet that I have shared with you this week? Uh, you shared me a tweet uh, regarding the Pac-12 from uh, uh, John Wilner, where it was a uh, breaking Pac-12 set to reverse course and allow non-conference games. ADs have agreed. One step remains. Um, and you sent me Richard Johnson. Uh, Gator Gabriel. Great. Um, his response to that was BYU, Oregon, now. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. I want to see it. That is that is the eyes. matchup that we want. That is the matchup I, that I we want, want and need. I want this desperately. Could you imagine if I think, like, let's say, I think it's like, Let's say like next on Monday they announce that they're playing, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna play the week after the conference championship game, uh, this and that, whatever." Or we're gonna play the week <laughs> before the extended bowl game. <laughs> we're gonna play the week before the conference championship game or whatever. And it's like, "Oh my God!" If if BYU a week out beats from the Oregon. final from the final playoff rankings beats Oregon by a decisive fashion, and Zach Wilson has a moment, oh my God! Oh, just give me all of the chaos and inject it into my veins, Tyler. I mean, honestly, just make BYU Pac-12 South champions. Why not? They're probably they're better, they're than, better than, than every team. team. There. They're better than every. They're better team than all the other Pac-12 South teams. Hundred percent agree. Hundred uh, percent agree. All right, what's your tweet that you shared with me? All right, my tweet that, that, you, that, shared, that I shared with you. The tweet that, that, that you shared with me is by Florida Gata at Air Florida. Um, it's simple, Tyler. It says, "Okay, oh it's official. We're going with Heisman. LOL." But the Heisman. It's the number 11, E-I-S-M-A-N. You want to know why, Tyler? Tell me why. Who wears number 11 on this Florida Gators team? Uh, it is the uh, reincarnation of Steve Spurrier himself, um, Kyle Trask. While, while you use the appropriate title for him, you, you left out the one I was looking for, which is Heisman Trophy front runner Kyle <laughs> Trophy Trask. Heisman Trophy Legitimate, too. It's in Vegas odds. Tyler, I would like to officially... I would like to introduce a movement to the committee of Sideline Judgment Committee, which is you and I. Um, this is usually would take place off air, but I would like to leave it on air for the record. Um, I officially move to make the rest of the episodes of this year's Sideline Judgment, season four of Sideline Judgment, the rest of the season, I would like for Sideline Judgment to become the official Kyle Trask for Heisman propaganda arm of the Florida Gators. All in favor, say aye. 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 The eyes have it. We are officially a Kyle Trask propaganda arm for Heisman. We will not apologize for it. We will be finishing every episode with We're Not Biased, but Kyle Trask for Heisman. It's official. Thank you so much, Tyler. I'm so glad we could have that very private meeting that we were supposed to have off air, on the air for everyone to hear. So glad. Yeah. So glad. Just if anyone needs to point back to if uh, they were confused. In, in, yeah, biased. in case you're confused about where our allegiances lie, that's where they lie. Yeah. With Kyle Trask for Heisman, we need a force. We need a force statue outside. Not of the, the color sport. scheme or the tag out or nah, the fact that we dedicate nah. a segment to it each week. No, no, no. We no. talk about it extensively. That was all a farce. That was all this. a farce, Tyler. This is the official. See, that would have been okay for people. But this is too far, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Oh man, Tyler, looks like that's it for the week to recap our five wide and two point Indiana, Ohio State. We both have Ohio State, App State, Coastal Carolina. Tyler has App State. I have the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Wisconsin is Tyler's team going up against Northwestern, which was my team. Cincinnati taking on UCF. We both have Cincinnati, but if my girlfriend Alexa asks, I have UCF. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma State going up against Oklahoma in what's the name of the game? Bedlam. Bedlam. Uh, we both have the Oklahoma Sooners. Can I get a boomer? Sooner. Thank you very much. And for two points, I have the Arkansas Razorbacks taking on LSU and beating them. Tyler has Iowa State beating Kansas State. And that's the name of the game. Current score, Tyler 38, Sergio 32. I'm going to come back this week, Tyler. 36. You have 36. Points. I'm sorry. I have 36. Thank you so much. Yeah, I accidentally... It's a two-point oh, lead my. by me. It's a two-point so lead. That's what it's it was. a safety lead. A little, little safety squeeze there, okay? I'm not feeling very safe, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> you shouldn't. You should be afraid. Um, okay. Tyler. Uh, by the way, I just want to make it known that uh, uh, Tyler Williams is uh, and the Cast Questers are 2020 fantasy football uh, pod bowl champions. Not important, but... You know, I we weren't I talking... I at least get one win over you this year. We have not been talking about 
fantasy this year because my team is uh what's the word it's bad tanking this it's year tanking. we're officially tanking and you can do that in this league because you can't do that league. in this league i can't tank. Um, <laughs> i just need people to true. take some players off my hands but i can tank you are correct um congratulations to tyler for winning our our annual fantasy football matchup congratulations um i would like to hoodies up third eye activated right, real quick. here we go i'm tanking so that you could get the bye week and that Thanks. way i need that i the need trophy that. the trophy could stay in the hands of someone associated with sideline judgment you damn right there you go because uh, i won last year and guys uh just uh, we had this discussion off air and give me this and then we can wrap up the episode go ahead. um but i'm currently the number two seed uh to um the number one seed is foe of the pod uh austin reynolds but i currently have the number two seed which means that i'll get a bye week in the first round of the playoffs who does uh my quarterback lamar jackson play in the second round of the playoffs which would be my first game if i kept the bye week who who sergio the one the only the jacksonville tank wires <laughs> jacksonville tank wires <laughs> my Jamar Jackson is going to send my team to the number one overall pick and get me a playoff. <laughs> and then he plays the Giants the next week. Look at this. Everything's lining up for you, Tyler. Everything yeah, so is I just, I really this. need I really need to win the next two weeks. You really do, dude. <laughs> um, I need to go undefeated to finish the season. But um, definitely want that trophy. Definitely want it. thank you for that. Of course. Of course. Got to keep it in the family. You know what I mean? Got to keep it in the family. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, not much. I'm just excited for this, uh, new era of the Kyle Trask, uh, propaganda arm of the Heisman. Yeah. Very, very excited. You will definitely see a, the case for Kyle Trask piece coming up on our blog. Can can we just talk about how soon, soon, if all things break right, we get to have a Kyle Trask Heisman house commercials. Oh my God. That's what I, that's what I really want. That's what I really want. We we need it to happen. We need it to happen. We need it to happen, man. It's, that's it. It's gotta happen now. Oh, man. Let's hope that that happens, and let's hope that everything goes well this week in college football. That's another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but Kyle Trask for Heisman. Kyle Trask for Heisman.